This is Anthony in Areno, and you're listening to In the Arena. Right now, there are a lot of companies that find data for sales organizations on the web. One of our sponsors at the Outbound Conference, happening April 11th and 12th at the CNN Omni in Atlanta, is sponsored by Discover.org. I invited Steve Briarton, who is the Vice President of Sales for Discover.org, to come on and talk about data, about what data salespeople need about how they use that data, and particularly about Discover.org's unique process for finding that data. This is Stephen Briarton, the Vice President of Sales at Discover.org, in the arena. Steve, how are you? Doing well. How's it going, Anthony? Oh, good. Well, listen, I appreciate you uh, being here, and I want to talk about data. I want to talk about what we need to prospect effectively, and I want to start by thanking you for sponsoring uh, Outbound Conference. It's going to be amazing. It's a killer event, and you guys are going to have a great time there, and it's going to be wonderful, but thanks so much for doing that. We appreciate it. I'm excited about it, although a little nervous. A 90-minute session, that's far and away the longest one I've done. So we'll make sure we got the content down. We're, we're going to stretch you and help you grow. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jeb and I both decided the other day that we could go five days if we had to. And yeah. uh, my deck is about 500 slides, so that's probably will more than cover it. I want to start just by talking about data generally. And I think one of the challenges from salespeople that you continually hear and not without some valid reason, is that it's even though when I started making calls, the only thing we had was a business journal in a white pages with a little blue section at the back with business numbers in it. And it was really hard to get good information. And even now with LinkedIn, a lot of the information is still locked down and it's still difficult to get to your contact. And what I hear a lot of salespeople still say is, if I had better data, I would be able to go faster. And what they mean by better data, I think predominantly, is an accurate phone number that's not just the main number to yep. the company because they can get to the tree, but then when they get to the directory, then they start to have problems. So tell me about data in 2018. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the hard parts that sort of echoes what you said, in my opinion, is that there are a lot more resources for salespeople. And so the feeling is that it's it's easier to find and get a hold of these people. What we've seen is is actually they're sifting through a whole lot more stuff just to try to find that that one different uh, you know unique piece, especially the direct dial phone number. And it really varies as great as a tool as LinkedIn is to get you sort of that insight into the to the contacts that you want to reach. If you're not selling to like sales and marketing people, most of those folks, a lot of those folks aren't on LinkedIn or they're not keeping it update. You know, they just put it out there when they were trying to find a job and then they yeah. haven't updated it since. And so you really still have to do a lot of manual effort to try and find this information out on your own and sift through, you know, now the hundreds of data points and, and sources that you have, piece together the puzzle, figure out what's real and what's not. 
And we like think you know, that's where really we come in. So it is, I think, is the biggest challenge uh, just in general, either finding the accounts and then once I've got the right accounts, figuring out how do I get a hold of this person. Yeah. And do you still see a lot of the data that comes in in your world being as insignificant as the data that we get on our own? Like a, a lot of the stuff that you can scrape and find is just the main number or the, yep. you know, I've had a couple cases where I've gotten data before. And some of the main numbers were really just fax numbers. I mean, so you're you're dialing into a fax. And it seems like there's a lot of data that is outdated, number one, and irrelevant, you know, because anybody can get you the tree. That's not hard. Google can give me that much. Right. I think the stat is like roughly 34% of the data in your CRM churns. And so, yeah, it does change really, really rapidly. And then sort of these aggregation methods of gathering data, really, they can't sort of ask the next question, you know, ask a question at all, really. It's just, it's what can I find publicly available? And 99% of the time, what publicly available is, is that corporate switchboard number. Yeah. But even still, uh, in some of the industries, fast growth tech startups, they just, some of them don't even have phone lines. I mean, it, it amazes me this day when I try to get a hold of a prospect, it's like this young upstart has a technology that can disrupt the, the space. They don't have a phone number on the site. Like you literally can't call in to get a sale. Like you have to go through a form, and they're going to change their mind about that in the future. Yeah, I think because so. listen, if I can't get a hold of you as a buyer, yeah. I know they're like, oh yeah, but millennials they don't care about that. Watch and see if they don't care about it when they need something. I yeah, mean, you're you're going to be as unhappy as I am when I need support and I need help and there's no human to talk to. Right, you're going to be unhappy. And look, if Google has phone numbers, I was actually doing a, an AdWords thing. And I was struggling and the chat box popped up where somebody recognized I was struggling and I chatted with them for a minute and they said, why don't we just call you? <laughs> and it was eight o'clock at night Eastern time. So the call came from India, but yeah. they got a bunch of people making sure that you know how to spend money with Google. Right. And Google didn't get to be as big as they are by avoiding having to talk to people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You don't get to be that big by not having communication. Yep. Yeah. I think that that, that will change because I think when you're an entrepreneur and you know this, uh, you need to talk to people. Yep. And certainly. if you're a salesperson, you definitely need to. Tell me, what's the number one thing that you see? Is it just, it's still the phone number? Is there anything else that you see salespeople need in the way of data? Or is it just the phone number dominates at such a level that there's not other data that we really need? Yeah, I mean, the phone number, in my opinion, dominates. Although with the advent of, of these outreach tools, you know, SalesLoft and Outreach and Tellwise and Yesware and everything else, yeah. it does put a little bit more precedent on the email just because you can do it in a wider fashion. But even that is changing, right? People, they don't follow like the a particular formula just because one person in the organization has it. Actually, our, our head of research uh, went through and did a study that he talked about at SKO, but he sort of based off an email address and then just said, well, let's just use the formula for everything else. And upwards, in some cases, of 40% of those emails were still invalid. So those are the two main pieces. However, I think now is, is everybody starts to take more of an account-based approach some of those more granular data points, you know, technologies that they're using or a project that's going on or a pain point, those are becoming much bigger topics of conversation, not just for salespeople, but for marketers as well. Sort of uh, maybe the, the way that you think about this is that if I've got the core piece of data, which is the phone number, and I've got the email, I maybe am covering 100% of what I really need to be able to start a pursuit plan against an account. And I've got multiple contacts. I've got their email convention. I can deal with that. But then after that is what do we know 
that gives us some sort of ability to tailor some insight to have a relevant conversation when we start talking. Tell me about your view on figuring out what the data points are that make something interesting for somebody to pick up that insight. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it varies widely. Like, I, I mean, sure. I know if, if you were to get a hold of me and say things like, or try to get a hold of me and say, you know, hey, I'm sure you're probably trying to increase your average sale price. You know, that's like one of my big pain point issues. So yeah. it's a little bit different for everybody, but I think everybody has that hot button topic. And, and for the most part, you know, if you are an, an industry expert and you can sort of have like one to four sort of 80% of the time I hear this and lead yeah. with those, yep. I think you're going to catch a lot of people's attention and get a response. And even if you don't, it's, hey, that's not really the top of my radar. It's actually this sort of leading with the Chinese. I brand. think it's four issues. I think there are four, you know, that's a good number to say it's enough that I'm going to cover so much of the territory if I know what trends and what's impacting people and how they're thinking about it, what they're concerned with right now. Four of them probably covers most of the territory. Yep. Yeah, yeah that's, I don't, you don't need a dozen of them, but you do need to know a few things. Right. I think that goes just in sales in general. I mean, your customer success stories and your client stories, you don't need to know every successful one. But if you've got three or four that you know inside and out that are going to apply to, to 90, 95% of, of your customer pain points, pull them in. You, you can have much. a talk. Yep. Yeah. What is the, the average number of, and maybe you don't know this, I asked Chris Beal this question too. I just wonder, what does a good list look like? So I'm a rep and I have a territory and maybe I'm calling in some vertical or multiple verticals. What do I need in the way of contacts to be able to run some sort of effective uh, pursuit plan? Do you have any insight or opinions as to, is it, do I need 200 really rock solid sort of ideal customers, what I call dream clients with multiple people? Do you have a, a, a hunch or any insight on that? Yeah, I mean, if you want to look at like CB, they say it's 5.4 people in every purchasing decision. So, right. you know, you should probably start there. I think the bigger concern from a sales leader's perspective is that when you go to look at those accounts in Salesforce or those opportunities, uh, usually reps only have 1.3 people tied to the every opportunity. So there's a big delta there. But I think if you've C got... CEB's next number is far bigger than that. Right. Yeah. That keeps going up and up. They, they uh, shared it with me last year and they swore me to secrecy, but looks okay. much, much bigger. Yeah, it's not. It's, just, it's grown. I've seen somewhere it's upwards of like 17 people and in large enterprise accounts, especially as these departments sort of become more interwoven with technology. It's sure. not, these decisions aren't siloed anymore. But yeah, I think usually anywhere I would say between five and 10 in accounts is what I sort of ask our reps to, to look for and make sure they're engaged with, with, with the right titles. We you don't want to just... How many accounts? Everybody. So each AE has 300 accounts in their name. Okay. They're paired up one-to-one -one with an SDR. My AEs are really spoiled. They're not prospecting. It's all on the SDRs. So they're more sort of quarterbacking. And the SDRs are, are the ones that are going after those accounts. And again, they've usually got somewhere between five plus people for, for each account. They're, Let's they're make at. the AEs call. Come on. They're the biggest <laughs> value creator. They are, but uh, I've got such a talented team of closers that I want them moving sales cycles forward and not figuring out how to fill the top of funnel. Yeah. Okay. I still want them to call. <laughs> we'll talk about this in Atlanta. All right. They're the best on the phone though, because they know so much. They can close for the commitment of time and all the other ones. That's true. But as the SDRs get better, they're going to move up into a new role, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, for us, I mean, that's a real career progression plan. They start on inbound, they go to sort of this SWAT strategic team, then they go to outbound and they continue producing there. They become an AE and three, actually four of my, what are becoming my top AEs all went through that progression. So we're seeing that so smart. Uh, it, it really works and, and yeah. it pays off dividends because they're way above the average producer from an AE's standpoint over their that's- first year. That's a really interesting thing because I don't think enough people pay attention to the growth of a rep. And they think that reps are supposed to have all this knowledge and know all these things. But I think progressing them through the role actually is how they get real chops. It is. They'd have those conversations. And when yeah. they miss that development, they, they tend to have a diff- more difficult time. I mean, they get to hear, the SDRs get to hear every objection early on in the game. Yeah. They get to overcome it. They get to, like you said, set the appointment and, and move on. And then they, you know, when they're working one-to-one with their AE, they get sort of ride shotgun and they get to help them with some follow-up material. So they're, the AEs are sort of grooming them to become the next account executive. What do you think your primary differentiation is in the market? And I'm, this is a leading question because I know, but it, I think that people think everything is just scrape the internet, scrape the internet, scrape the internet. What's the difference here? The difference is the 300 people we have on the eighth floor. You know, is much technology that we use to help pull data from certain sources and help us cleanse and refresh the information. At the end of the day, it doesn't make it into the platform if it doesn't go through the hands of one of those 300. And so that's what lets us just get to a level of, of depth, number one, but also the quality that, that sales and marketing teams you know, crave and, and frankly just need to be successful. If I were to uh, buy data from you, what would be the accuracy number that I would be looking for as a client? What should my expectation be? Like if I buy a list, it's not going to be 100%, but what's it going to be? 95%. That's what we put our money on. So 95. we fail there, you can walk. You'd be the first, but you've got that safety net. <laughs> if I make 100 dials straight out, worst case scenario, I get five bad data points. Yep, five and that may have left. Or, yeah. yeah, but that could be, well, if they left, the data was relevant when you pulled yep. it, right? Yep. Yeah. And I have a list I manage of my own. And I know that, you know, when you're dealing with a B2B list specifically, there's a lot of people leaving, taking right. new roles, moving companies, being bought. There's all kinds of things that that's a 95% on a moving target's pretty good because yeah. the target moves continuously. Yeah. We're scrubbing and the team's putting in over each you know 10,000 hours a week of, of time to <laughs> cleanse this information. We're touching the data, you know, over the course of a 60 day period. And actually it's, it's, much more than that. I mean, we're touching emails on a monthly basis and we're dialing through direct lines, but all in all, uh, 95%. And then the nice piece is that because there's real people, if you were to, you know, the, our goal is to have a bad experience with the data before you can. Yeah. But if you did get to something first, you know, they're just a click away. We get you the new and updated information uh, within 24 hours. Wow. That's amazing. That's why you have a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of happy, yeah, people and customers. But yeah, the you know our success is entirely driven off of of those three hundred in house researchers. Tell me uh, about your decision to sponsor Outbound. I think it's sort of a no brainer from our perspective. You know, we're in a unique position that we get to you know, not only sort of lead a space, but we can be the driving force for sales and marketing teams across the country and the world. And so that gives us insight into how other successful companies are going to market, how, you know, where their pitfalls and struggles might be. 
you know, we've scaled pretty quickly. So we like to think we've learned a, a thing or two. And if we can make the selling experience easier and better for everyone involved, then, then yeah, let's do that. Let's share ideas. I just have this view though of, uh, just kind of how it works in your world, because if 95% of it is correct, you probably make it look easy. And then you say there's 300 people on the eighth floor who have to check all this stuff by hand. Yep. I mean, so in, this is literally, I mean, I, I have in my mind, I know the environment is better than I'm imagining in my mind, but it's a sweatshop up there of people <laughs> saving over massive piles of data that need to be verified for you to get that. And then on my end, I'm dialing a number and it's right all the time. So when one's yeah. wrong, I'm like, damn it, one is wrong. What's wrong with these guys? It's, 90, mean, it's 95% and it's not easy. It's certainly nice. We've got, uh, we've actually got a live feed of that research team because we get questioned on it more times than you could ever believe. So we just say, you know what, we're going to put a live feed. These are the people. And if you want me to walk downstairs, John, I, I can wave to you. But they're, uh, yeah, they're the ones that, that do all the grind. And frankly, they're doing, it's no big secret, right? It's just, they're, they're doing what any good inside sales rep or account executive is doing in that they're tasked with mapping out an account, figuring out who the decision makers are and how do I get a hold of that person? and What do they care about? The difference is they don't have a quota. They don't have something to sell. I and mean, they have a quota in terms of you know, net new contacts or data points updated. But if I'm a sales rep and I just, I keep hitting a wall trying to get into an account and I've got a goose egg up on the board and I haven't sold anything yet this month or this quarter, well then you know, I'm not going to keep beating my head against that wall. I'm going to go on to another account and then you know, that good opportunity is just going to sit there. Whereas we can keep calling and calling until we find somebody that can talk to us and then we can get the data that we need. We are giving people together with Outbound a trial of Discover Orc. What do they get in that trial? We're going to get you some targeted data. This is unique for us. So we're going to open up uh, some access for you on target accounts or perhaps a list that you guys, uh, personas that you want to go after so that you can make the outreach and pick up the phone and send some emails and verify the integrity of the information. That's amazing. And all they have to do is go to the link, which will be here in the show notes. And of course, we're sending it out to people right now. And we had, I think, 8,500 people sign up for VSK yesterday. Really? Yeah, so we have 8,500 people who uh, are going to get an opportunity to to get some data. I hope that doesn't scare you. You're like, if they all take advantage of this, we have a... <laughs> yeah, that's a little nerve-wracking. We're going from doing really no trials to, to open it up. But uh, yeah, like I said, if we can... Look, the data, unfortunately, is from a sales and marketing technology stack. It's sort of viewed as like later in the game, right? I have my CRM. I've got my dialing tools. I've got my marketing automation, maybe gamification, some of these things. And then... Data oftentimes is, is looked at as the commodity because it, you know, as Trish said, it's it's not sexy, but it's the foundation of all of the technology that you're bringing on board. When you think about it, it's the one piece that goes through every aspect of CRM, of marketing automation. It goes to the hands of your marketing team. It's every campaign is touched on it. So, you know, if we can open up some some sample access and prove that, hey, look, this is far better than anything else you've used, and if you can get more connections. And you have that talent and team. You also get uh, speed, right? I mean, if the data is better, then the speed of performance is better because I actually, I'm not wasting calls. Yeah, certainly. You know, upwards of Salesforce put it at about 68%. Gartner put it around two thirds of the day. Um, there's a bunch of different numbers out there, but it's safe to say there's a lot of wasted time and effort and energy on things such as data collection or trying to find the right person or entering that stuff in a CRM. And so now if you can eliminate that huge chunk of the day and they can focus on selling activities, having more conversations, certainly that's a big win for any organization. 
Thank you uh, again for the sponsorship. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks for sharing this. I'm always fascinated by what other people do in this kind of space with data and what it means. And you're at the top of the stack here when it comes to gathering this kind of uh, intelligence and making it actionable for salespeople. So thanks for the work that you do. I appreciate it. And where do you want people to go to find out more about you and Discover? Yeah, so discoverorg.com is the website. You can find me on LinkedIn, my email, stephen.briarton at discoverorg.com. If you have questions for me one-on-one, I'm happy to answer. And uh, hopefully I'll see a lot of you here very soon down in Atlanta. I'm going to sign up for the free trial and get your phone number. So All right. uh, I'm it's just going to put you on the target list. Yeah, <laughs> give the email address out with no problem. All right. We'll see how that works out. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you in, uh, in Atlanta. Thanks, Anthony. In case you don't know, now you know. Steve Brierton and his team at Discover Org have 300 people in a room validating the data that they provide their clients. I think that's a, an outrageous number of people and something that I would have never guessed in a million years. You can find Steve Brierton and Discover Org at discoverorg.com. And uh, when you go to the Outbound Conference page, click on the link, the sponsor link there, and you'll be able to get free leads from Discover Org. I'm Anthony Anarino. You can find me at thesalesblog.com where I post daily. You can also find me at youtube.com forward slash Anarino. Until next time, I'll see you right here in the arena. Audio editing and show notes by podcastfasttrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.